Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the OFNT podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fart New Tech. I'm your host and resident Old Fart Jim Schaefer, and the podcast, at least to me, is the New Tech. I hope this finds you well and you're having a great week. Sanctioned podcasts survive the purge. Will podcasts in general survive? I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Start off with some tech news. For those unaware, Google offers high-speed internet service to a limited number of U.S. cities, and unfortunately, mine isn't one of them. While the basic service is one gig in speed, the company is now rolling out two gigs of speed to the city its services for about 100 bucks a month. That's a bargain as I pay about $130 per month for less than half the speed of Google's basic $70 service. The basic service uses Google Wi-Fi routers, while this new service requires a Google-supplied Wi-Fi 6-compliant router. This is the only disadvantage I can see for both tiers as I use my own non-Google mesh system, and this has stopped me in the past from getting Fios, another high-speed service which makes you use their own equipment. From AndroidAuthority.com If you've been on this earth a while like me, then you've witnessed the phenomenon 
of your favorite musicians selling out by providing their music for commercials. Well, the old kind of sort of new wave band, Weezer, whose heyday was in the late 90s, I believe, has taken this to the next level. The band's new video is basically a four-minute ad for the Google Pixel 5 smartphone, with the lead singer actually saying the OK Google command. Geez, this brings new meaning to the term sellout. I guess we can expect to see more of this in the future. Now here's something interesting. AndroidPolice.com has an article about the new messaging service, Beeper, which promises to unite all your messengers into one app, and that includes Apple's iMessage. The app was developed by the creator of the first true smartwatch, the Pebble, Eric Mijakovsky. The app will let you send and receive SMS, WhatsApp, Telegram, and a host of other messengers. Though to use iMessage on Windows and Android, you have to have an old iPhone lying around or a Mac, which has to run 24-7. The service will set you back 10 bucks per month, and you'll be provided a jailbroken iPhone 4S to act as a bridge for iMessage if you don't have any iEquipment laying around. I'm pretty sure you'd be trading encryption and other privacy features for this convenience, though the target users of this app probably aren't concerned about things like that. I recall using an app like this during the ancient times of Symbian. I don't recall the name of the app, but do remember that it was from a developer located in Holland. Of course, this predated all of the current messenger apps that are in vogue these days. According to an article from 9to5Mac.com, the iPhone 12 mini isn't selling enough units to meet Apple's expectations. The article cites various supply chains reports that state that Apple is shifting production from the mini to the iPhone 12 Pro and its LiDAR components. For years, people on numerous Apple-themed websites and forums bemoaned the fact that there was no high-end choices for those that preferred a smaller form factor. With the noise this particular crowd had made, you'd think there were hundreds of thousands of them. Well, Apple delivered this year, and the ones crying for this small form factor have gone silent. I guess what these people really wanted was a cheaper small form factor. This goes to show how a small but vocal crowd can influence companies and governments using social media and internet in general. Just more evidence that these platforms do not reflect reality. If the 12 Mini survives, I'm thinking of picking up one next upgrade cycle. Judging by the follow-up MSM smear campaign, the banned social app Parler must be attempting a comeback. My newsfeed was inundated with articles attempting to further damage the app's reputation. For example, the leftist clickbait News aggregator BusinessInsider.com, who stole the article from Bloomberg, had this headline, Parler's new partner has ties to the Russian government. Scanning the article, the Russian cloud provider in question, D.D. Osgard, has provided services to several unnamed, in the article at least, Russian government entities, including the named state-owned telecommunications company TransTelecom. And then, of course, some expert was quoted that you've never heard of from a security firm no one knows about, 
and he was dragged out to warn readers about the security risks that this might cause. I don't know what the Russian government has done, but whatever it was, Big Tech, MSM, and their DNC overlords are awfully mad at them. And you know it has something to do with money, because it's always about money. I guess the Kremlin doesn't pay out for influence like the CCP does, for example. Last I looked, Amazon, Microsoft, and reluctantly Google had big, fat U.S. government contracts. I guess these companies pose a high risk, too. Continuing with the far-left site, businessinsider.com, I gather that the social media site, MeWe, a Facebook competitor that's focused on privacy, is starting to make inroads as the site reported that MeWe gained 2 million new members recently. Of course, Business Insider is claiming these new additions are mostly alt-right and QAnon members who've been purged from Twitter and the like. I maintain accounts on big social media sites, but only use them for posting new episode releases for this show. I might not even do that in the future. I also don't intend on joining any new social media platforms in the future either. From AndroidAuthority.com Signal, the encrypted messenger app that's very popular now, has added a host of new features. Things like status updates and sticker packs, boy, that's important, are amongst these new features. I guess the goal here is to keep up with Telegram and emulate WhatsApp. For real secure features that don't require access to your contacts or phone numbers, I'm going to say it again. Go with Threema or WickerMe. You'll thank me later. Just saying. Tech I'm using. Last week, I discussed the beginning of the thought purge that big tech and others are conducting and my reactions to it. Well, I made some decisions of what I'm going to use going forward, so I decided to get Proton Mail and use the company's VPN service. I'm currently using their free tier, which limits storage and restricts some features. That's okay by me because my usage will be for mission-critical communication only, and that tier will suit me just fine for now. Now, the speed of the VPN is a little slow, but you don't have to use it all the time. Like Proton Mail, I'll use the VPN when absolutely necessary. Again, for mission-critical cr scenarios and when I'm using public internet networks. When paired with a free encrypted messenger service like WickerMe, You'll have yourself a basic way of protecting yourself and your data from prying eyes, and it'll be free of cost. Which, in my book, is still a good thing. Well, I do have a piece of new tech to report on this week. In honor of the created holiday, Valentine's Day, my lovely wife got me a new high-end electric toothbrush. That's right, exciting stuff. Now that I think about it, maybe she's trying to tell me something. Isn't this great? Where else can you get content like this? After narrowing down the choices to two candidates, the Oral-B IO Series 9 and the Sonicare Diamond Clean 9750, I went with the latter. The, though the Oral-B IO ticked off all the shiny new toy boxes, the slightly cheaper and better built Diamond Clean won out. 
It doesn't have color graphics and the multitude of modes that the Oral-B-I-O has, but why do I need graphics on a toothbrush? How many modes will I actually use? Also, the Oral-B's replacement brush heads for the I.O. series cost a considerable amount more than their standard heads do. Well, you can use any Sonicare replacement head on the Diamond Clean. I've owned toothbrushes from both companies in the past, and while each have their own advantages, I prefer the cleaning action of the Sonicare. The Diamond Clean charges in this cool-looking glass, and this brings me to the one disadvantage it has compared to the Oral-B. The Diamond Clean takes up to 24 hours to fully charge, while the Oral-B takes just 30 minutes. So while I was able to get a quick tooth cleaning in on the charge the brush came with, it took until the next evening to fully charge up. I don't know if the Oral-B's apparent fast charging is good for the longevity of the battery, though. When you attach the brush head to the body of the Sonicare, the mode is automatically selected for you, which is nice. You pair the toothbrush with your phone using the Sonicare app and Bluetooth, of course. It recognizes the model of toothbrush you have and the type of head you're using, which adjusts the brush timer accordingly. Supposedly, going by reviews anyway, the Oral-B's companion Bluetooth app is better. It actually knows where the brush is while it's in your mouth, but that's kind of creepy when you think about it. I just need the app to record what type of head I'm using and the progress I'm making. I use the whitening brush head for the trial use, and I can say it was the cleanest feeling my teeth have ever had, rivaling that of cleaning from the dentist. The toothbrush comes with three different types of brush heads and a tongue cleaner. Also included is a travel case that can charge your brush using the included USB-A charging cord. All in all, I'm satisfied with the Sonic Care Diamond Clean. I told you this would be exciting, didn't I? Entertainment News I tried getting into the new Disney Plus series WandaVision, which is part of the Marvel Universe, or so they tell me. The first episode and most of the second are filmed in black and white and are modeled after late 1950s, early 1960s sitcoms. I wasn't impressed. I'll give it one more episode, and if I don't like what I see, I'll punch out. The free Pluto streaming service I've raved about in previous episodes keeps adding good channels. It just added some non-news BBC stations. Also, Pluto hasn't yet purged the conservative viewpoint channels they carry. At least not yet. Let's hope it stays that way. Besides the dearth of movies or series I want to watch on the many streaming services I subscribe to, not much happening in the entertainment world. Well, besides the Hollyweird bubble turning back onto themselves with accusations and the like, I guess they missed the lockdowns in Trump. This last week also saw the death of many older celebrities, baseball great Hank Aaron, famous music producer and convicted murderer Phil Spector, and just this weekend, veteran broadcaster Larry King. 
I used to fall asleep listening to Mr. King's famous overnight talk show and was a fan of it until he went all in on the DNC and left his politics. After his involvement with that show ended, I'd catch interviews he did with celebrities on various other shows he hosted over the years. He was known for throwing softball questions at his interviewees and for questions that seemed, and a lot were, irrelevant. His most recent endeavors were stage interviews for infomercials and an internet show which aired on Hulu and RT before getting COVID-19 earlier this month. After surviving many heart attacks and, I believe, strokes, the CCP release virus finally got to him. Rest in peace, Mr. King, and let's never forget who was responsible for the death of so many famous and not-so-many-famous people over the last year. And that would be the Communist government of China. Podcast News Ah, my audience numbers are falling, and they can get up. Hey, you can send show suggestions to OFNTPodcast at gmail.com. Help out an old fart. Will ya? Oh, and happy birthday, podcasting. The first podcast was released 20 years ago this month and was produced for testing out an early podcast catcher, as they called them back in the day. I hope it lasts another 20, but podcasting is under fire as I record this. The iHeartRadio Podcasting Awards were held Thursday, January 21st. I could have listened to them, but after perusing the nominee list, I decided to pass. The winner of Podcast of the Year, the top award, went to Office Ladies. The show features co-hosts who appeared on the U.S. version of the television program, The Office. They play through the episodes and comment, which seems to be a trending thing to do these days. I didn't watch The Office and have no interest in this podcast. The other awards went to the usual suspects like NPR, Gimlet, etc., with only one award for religious-themed podcasting going to an actual independent podcaster. More originals coming from Spotify, reads the headline from podcastbusinessjournal.com. The company has entered into a multi-year partnership with filmmaker Ava DuVernay. Spotify and DuVernay will produce original audio programming through Array, DuVernay's Arts and Social Impact Collective, whatever that may be, dedicated to narrative change. In other words, another bunch of SJW podcasts are coming our way, whether we like it or not. Well, congratulations to Ms. DuVernay. Take the money and run. That's my advice to you. Continuing with PodcastBusinessJournal.com, here's a story that will warm your heart. Yowawa Media Services, an outfit I've never heard of before, has been evicted from the space they use for recording podcasts in upstate New York. The space was located within the Niagara Falls Arts and Cultural Center. The reason for the eviction given by the center was the content of the podcast being recorded there. This action was taken after a group calling itself Buffalo Concerned Citizens protested at the center accusing Yowawa Media, I think I'm pronouncing that right, services of hosting and recording a podcast called New York Watchmen, whom the Buffalo Concerned Citizens are calling, and this is new, a right-wing extremist organization. I mean, what else? Why aren't there ever any left-wing extremist organizations? 
I'm just asking for a friend. The group also sent a letter to podcastbusinessjournal.com repeating these allegations and adding even more accusations. The owner of Yowoa Media Services, Peter Green, says the eviction is an attack on free speech. The Niagara Falls Arts and Cultural Center Executive Director appointed podcastbusinessjournal.com to the center's website for a statement concerning the eviction, which the PBJ was unable to locate for some reason. Well, I had better luck finding it. The statement contained the required buzzwords, tolerance, inclusion, and diversity, and went on to justify their eviction. Now, I'd never heard of the media company, as I said before, nor the New York Watchmen, and I don't know if the allegations, and that's all these are at the time, or allegations, are in fact true. I decided to do a mini deep dive on the organizations concerned. What I suspect is the, this Buffalo-concerned citizen group is what I call a pop-up group. They're funded by people behind Antifa, BLM, and other leftist causes. The group popped up on June 24th of 2020, no doubt with seed money from BLM and Soros. They're all in on defunding the police and other goals of the left, so you know where they're coming from. Yoboa Media Services uh, opened for business in May of 2020, and they seem to have been targeted right after the formation of the Buffalo Concerned Citizen Group. Yoboa's website shows they produce many different podcasts, even one concerned with black issues called Black Reality Unscripted. A lot of the shows seem to be about New Age themes or local happenings, hardly the right-wing extremist subjects they've been accused of. Now, the New York Watchmen appear to have been formed in response to the BLM-sponsored Antifa riots over the summer. They're accused by the usual suspects of being a right-wing militia. Again, I have to ask, why are there no left-wing militias? Would Antifa be considered one? I think they would be in a sane world. A statement from the Concerned Citizens Group said they didn't care what the New York Watchmen did in their basements, but they shouldn't be allowed to record in the Niagara Falls Arts and Culture Center. Well, what makes you think they're going to stop with the Arts and Culture Center? They will eventually get around to a, attempting to ban all forms of communication that doesn't agree with their ideology, no matter where it's produced. And by they, I mean communist. Oh, and of course, they're useful idiots. Don't believe for a second that actions like this aren't coordinated. The far left and their allies are emboldened now because of the idiots that stormed the Capitol on January 6th. And if no one stands up to this group, this will continue until all differing opinions are eliminated. They won't say they are against free speech because they are the masters of language, or should we call it what it really is, politics speak. They would claim to support free speech, but are against hate speech or speech that incites violence. And those two terms are subjective and the definitions keep changing. Eh, uh, hold on a minute. It's too early in the show for a rant. Hmm. A few episodes ago, I noted that the Savage Nation podcast, which was basically a rerun of the broadcast radio show, without the commercials, though, was going to be just a plain old podcast starting January 1st. I wondered at the time if the show would sound any different without the broadcast radio processing. 
Upon listening to the first Plain Podcast episode, I noticed the host audio, while still good, wasn't as polished as the audio previously derived from the broadcast radio versions. The last episode I listened to, recorded last Tuesday, featured audio with Room Echo. This is something us non-broadcast produced podcasters wrestle with constantly. I don't know if Mr. Savage was recording in a different location or what, but the effect was jarring when compared with previous broadcast radio processed audio episodes. So my suspicions are correct, I think. To get that broadcast radio sound, you would need to use very expensive voice processors and what they call audio exciters. The only reasonably priced, if you consider $999 plus tax reasonable, voice processor available for us prosumers is the FX Channel Master, which gets mixed reviews from users, especially its noise gate, which is an essential feature for me. The $599 Rode Rodecaster Pro features effects processing on board, but you'd be dealing with software-based noise gates and such, which just aren't as good as analog versions. If only some company would come out with a channel strip which approaches pro-level processing at the $500 price point. One could hope. On the rest of the News in the world of podcasting it had to do with launching of many shows backed by MSM about the so-called insurrection and major players switching host services for their shows. And for once, there were no big acquisitions to report. It's time for a rant. Even though I already had one earlier, but okay, this is rant number two. Well, President Trump is gone, so you would figure the rhetoric would be dying down. Nope. The impeachment will still be attempted, and the agenda-driven opinion-givers of the mainstream media are planting the seeds of re-education of all people who committed the sin of voting for Trump. They seem astounded that over 70 million citizens did so. But wait, didn't the new guy say we need to heal and... Hadn't he called for unity in his acceptance speech? Well, he said the words, but if you really listened, I don't think he was saying that at all. What I got out of his speech was more of a, a my way or the highway vibe. His outfit is more about seeking vengeance and making sure what they believe to be the aberration of the last administration can never occur again. Instead of self-reflection, they want to stamp out any remnants of support for the now-vanquished administration and resistance to their vision of where this country should head. Unfortunately, joining them are citizen rats that are at this moment compiling lists of people they deem targets for the continuing purge of those whose opinions differ or may differ in the future, and no doubt aided by their tech overlords. I say these words as a warning. A warning of what very well may happen. I hope that I'm wrong. I guess time will tell. Well, that'll wrap up this late episode number 63 in all its angst. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you. I hope you found it worthwhile. You can contact me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com. Tell me what you like and don't like. I'd love to hear from you. Be safe. I'll see you next week. Remember, don't listen to what they say. 
Watch what they do. Now, do me a favor, try and stay off the purge lists. And get off my lawn. I'm out. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details